Christian Heritage Ministry, in cooperation with Fuller Seminary, proudly presents the Old Fashioned Revival Hour, a broadcast of the Gospel with Dr. Charles E. Cole. celebrate 26 years of continuous radio ministry of sending out the gospel. And I just want to give all the glory and thanks to my Heavenly Father, who has been so faithful. And I want to say to you that 
the word of God will never return void, and how the letters have stirred our hearts as they've come from all parts of the country, telling how God used the simple gospel message to bring many of you to Christ and of comfort in time of sorrow. Yes, we have seen God work in a marvelous way these past years, and we humbly praise him for it. But what of the future? More and more people are coming to see that this world can offer no lasting peace or security. And we know their only hope of true peace and security lies in the Lord Jesus. It is therefore our responsibility to hold forth the word of God in these critical days. And I'm requesting the choir to sing, The Rock That Is Higher Than I. Will you listen to the first verse? It's one of my favorites. May God add his blessing to the song as it is being sung by the chorus choir. broadcast today, I'm going to ask you to stay about 15 minutes for a special time of fellowship, special time of testimony, and I'm sure that each one of you have received by this time a card. I'd like to have you sign that card and fill out the information on it. I'd like to keep those cards just as a record of this 26th anniversary. And don't forget, friends, that this is letter month. And there are yet many of you who have not written, so 
may we hear from you this week. Also, I'm requesting the quartet to sing a special number. I know it's a number that you love, and it'll be food to your soul as you hear it. My heavenly home.
Tony, I'm so glad you can be with us today, especially upon this, the 26th anniversary. And I know that they're waiting to hear from the letters, so go right ahead. Well, greetings, friends, and I'm always glad to read the letters. They're really wonderful. Dear Mr. Fuller, we college young people today are feeling very insecure, and it doesn't look like a very bright future for us. I want you to know that your program is a steadying force for a good many of us. You would be surprised how many college people listen to you and how it counteracts the humanistic teachings that we receive in some of our courses. I used to feel that the Bible was a little old-fashioned, but now in my senior year and going out into a world like this, I feel that the old book is pretty good to tie to. And I, for one, like to learn more about it from your sermons. I was raised in a Sunday school up to about 12 years of age when I quit. And then there were some years of feeling no need. But I've changed my ways of thinking, and I thank you, sir, for giving out the truth of the Bible today. That's a good letter, isn't it? A touching letter from a Japanese girl in the far north. And I ask your prayers for this young girl. She wrote a beautiful letter. I can't read all of it to you. Dear sir, I have been listening to your inspiring broadcast for four years now, ever since we got our radio, and I have been wonderfully influenced and have given my heart to Christ. Sometimes I find it very trying to ask God to forgive those who trespass against me, but then I pray all the harder for them. My dad and, in fact, my mother and two sisters worship an idol, and my heart bleeds for them. The good book says to honor your father and mother, and I've been trying to teach them the happiness that they could derive from accepting Christ. There is not much hope of revealing to any member of my family the peace and joy they could have, though, but I will keep on trying. Well, I know that many of you will pray for this young woman, and I should not have read her letter. She hadn't said that the family did not understand English. I'm very careful about that. From Cedar Rapids, Iowa, dear Dr. Fuller, only eternity will reveal the good that we have had from hearing the old-fashioned revival hour through these many years. Mother was killed in a car accident July the 23rd, and father passed away November the 6th due to the results of that same accident. The last gospel message that my father heard was yours on October the 29th, and God used that message to help my father prepare to meet God by asking us to write a brother in Denmark that he had wronged 45 years ago before he became a Christian. No richer heritage could our father leave us than that of a wonderful Christian man seeking not to grieve the Holy Spirit and preparing for his eternal home. Sweet letter, isn't it? This last one, dear Dr. Fuller, you may not remember me, but I wrote you several times from the state hospital where I was an alcoholic patient, and I received several letters from you which helped me very much. I was discharged from that hospital September the 1st, 1950, and have been back in my hometown since that time. It is hard for an alcoholic to get work, but I'm getting some, and I'm caring for an old man who is blind and deaf, 84 years old. I heard your sermon again yesterday, and it helped me such a lot. I never miss one of them. They help me to keep close to God and close in line. God can do more for a drunkard than medicine. He is helping me 
but I do need your prayers. And that is all I shall have time for today, friends. verse and chorus of number 120. I love to tell the story and remain standing for prayer. One verse and the chorus.
everyone remaining standing, please, and every truly born-again Christian, pray with me, please. Our Heavenly Father, we thy people come to thee today, not only those members of the body of Christ here in this visible audience in Long Beach, but also those out in Radio Land listening by their radio sets. Father, we're thankful that we can come to thee in prayer, for we know that our greatest blessings come to us personally when we draw nigh unto thee. Today we pray that thou wilt search our hearts and try our thoughts and see if there be any evil way in us. And as thou dost reveal sin to each of us, we confess these sins to thee and are so thankful that thou dost forgive us these sins and dost cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Today we would pray for the members of the body of Christ not only in this land, but throughout the whole world. Some are going through terrible persecution. We pray that thou wilt give them strength. Others are being severely tested and tempted. And we pray that thou wilt give them wisdom and guidance and keep them out of the hand of the evil one. And we pray for the members of the body of Christ in America. How we thank, thank thee for our land which for so many years has been a base from which missionaries have gone to the uttermost parts of the earth. And we pray thee that this may continue. But we pray that today, as never before, the American Christians may gird up the loins and stand for Jesus Christ as never before. O oh, Father, we do pray that on this occasion of the 26th anniversary, that many young people especially will consecrate their lives to full-time service for Jesus Christ. For we ask it in his name and for his sake. Amen. Old-fashioned revival hour from the Municipal Auditorium at Long Beach, California. Charles E. Fuller speaking.
Oh. 
May we take our Bibles and turn to the first chapter of Jonah, verse 17. First chapter of Jonah in the Minor Prophets of the Old Testament, verse 17. Last Sunday we followed Jonah, Jehovah's servant, as he walked on the path of disobedience. For in verse 1 you recall how the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. And in that portion of the scripture, God gave Jonah a command for the prophet to go to Nineveh, some 600 miles east of Palestine. Jonah, instead of obeying, decided to go west to Tarshish, some 2,000 miles away in the province of Spain. And he went down to Joppa, found a ship going that way, paid the fare, went down into the ship to flee from the presence of the Lord. And we learned last Sunday in this first chapter the character of Jonah's sin, disobedience, the cause of his sin, distrust, the course of his sin, departure from God, and the consequence of that sin, distress, danger, disgrace, and degradation. Truly, the way of the transgressor is hard. Beginning with the 17th verse and all of the chapter 2, we find instructions in righteousness which are truly profitable to every child of God. It's introduced by the word now. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And that word now indicates a change. Jonah, up to this point, had gone his own way. He had trod the path of disobedience, but now the Lord takes Jonah in hand. And we learn from this verse and chapter 2 that there is a prepared place. And later, this prepared place becomes a place of prayer For in chapter 2, verse 1, then Jonah prayed. And that place of prayer becomes a place of pardon and a place of praise. But time will only permit us today to speak upon the prepared place. As a disobedient prophet, having been cast out of the ship, sank sank beneath the waves of the tempestuous sea, he little thought that he was going to a special prepared place, a place of safety uh, that God had provided. Jehovah God, against whom Jonah had so grievously sinned, had graciously prepared a peculiar sanctuary for his erring, sinful servant. And in this prepared place, Jonah was to learn much concerning Jehovah's love, mercy, and grace to learn lessons, spiritual lessons, not only from the raging storm, but also from his disobedient act which had occasioned the storm. So bear this always in mind. God lovingly child trains every son he receiveth. And in the child training, every believer learns that no chastening for the moment seems to be joyous, but grievous nevertheless. Afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Jonah, a son, a servant, a prophet, had to be child-trained. 
His experience was truly grievous for the moment. He was truly exercised thereby. He learned his lesson. He returned to the path of obedience. And he was used of Jehovah to bring an entire city of 600,000 to a place of repentance, 200 times more so saved in one day than was saved by Peter on the day of Pentecost. The Lord had prepared. What a glorious insight these words give us of the greatness and the grace of our Heavenly Father. The Lord had prepared. These few words are full of spiritual teachings. These words reveal the greatness of Jehovah's wonder-working wisdom, His perfect foreknowledge for all future happenings are known to Him. Listen carefully. Jehovah knows not only what things will occur, but also why and when and where they will happen. Does not Isaiah 46, 9 and 10 read, I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done? God who sitteth in the heavens knows the end from the beginning. And Jehovah back there centuries ago knew that his servant would decide to go to Tarshish, that he would go down to Jaffa, and it was by no mere chance that there was a sailing vessel in the port at Jaffa ready to sail west. God had seen to it. He worketh. Jehovah knew that his disobedient servant would be thrown overboard. Jehovah knew why Jonah would be cast into the raging sea. Jehovah knew every circumstance, every detail which led up to that grievous climax for Jonah. Jonah, or Jehovah knew when Jonah would be cast into the sea, the day, the hour, the minute, yes, the very second. Jehovah knew where Jonah would be cast into the sea the very spot at which his body would strike the water, the very wave beneath which he would sink. Jehovah, knowing all this, prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. Jonah was in the belly of the great fish three days and three nights. Beloved, God's foreknowledge is not limited to one incident in the life of one of his servants, nor to all the incidents in the life of one of his children, but to every incident in the life of each of his children, the world over. And I say to you after 34 years that God has permitted me to preach that all things do work together. And so take courage, fellow pilgrim. Your times and my times are in his hand. And some of you, dear children of God, may be now in grievous circumstances, in tight places, at wit's end's corner, not knowing which way to turn or what to do. And I say to you, be patient. 
be exercised by your experiences. For sooner or later, you will yield the peaceable fruits of righteousness and God will make it clearly uh, revealed. The steps of a righteous man are ordered and we all need to be child trained. Every day we need to learn more about him to grow in grace, to be exercised that we might bring forth fruit, more fruit, much fruit, 30, 60, and a hundredfold. Sometimes we may even walk through the valley of the shadow of death, yet when we are through, we will find the prepared table and the overflowing cup and goodness and mercy following us all the days of our life. This prepared place, prepared sanctuary, reveals not only the greatness of God, but the grace of God. Now listen. Jehovah loved Jonah in spite of his disobedience, in spite of his desertion, in spite of his departure from his presence. Jehovah's loving heart prepared a way by which Jonah should be brought back to his service and into his presence. For John 4, 1 John 4, 10 says, Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be a propitiation for our sins. Does not the word also say, Christ speaking, I will never leave thee. I will never forsake thee. Lo, I will be with thee always, even unto the end of the age. And doesn't the Scripture also say that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us? I trust that those words may sink into your, into your heart, friend, outside of Christ. God loves you. God has prepared a place for you, a place of refuge. While you're yet sinners, Christ died in your place instead. Now the Lord prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And some who sit in the seat of the scornful have scoffed at this account of the great fish swallowing Jonah. Incredible! say those who reject the Bible as the very inspired Word of God. Incredible for a whale or a great fish to swallow a man. And so some of God's people have spent unlimited time to prove that it is possible for a certain species of whale to swallow a man. Well, all the time thus spent to my judgment and in my humble opinion is utterly wasted. For the 17th verse reads, The Lord prepared a great fish. And if you believe John 1, 3, that all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made, if you believe that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and by him all things consist, literally hold together. And he holds the sun and the moon and the stars and the planets in their orbits. 
some 200 million light years away. If God can do that, how easy for him to prepare a great fish to swallow Jonah. It's wasted time, friend of mine, to talk about that there's no fish existent perhaps at the present time that could swallow a man. But the Lord, Jehovah, prepared a great faith. And faith takes God at His word. And without faith it is impossible to please Him. And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing the word of God and not what man says. Friend outside of Christ, alienated from God, cut off from the light that is in Christ Jesus, dead in trespasses in sin and without hope, I say to you on this 26th anniversary, God loves you. He has a prepared place for you. And that prepared place is in the riven sight of Christ who shed his blood for you. And he says to you graciously, Come unto me, all ye labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. The prepared place is the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. The prepared provision is that the blood of Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. Wilt thou be made whole? If you say back to the Holy Spirit, I will be made whole like the impotent man of old. I desire to be made whole. It will be according to your faith and everyone that comes through Christ Jesus. God says, I will receive and in no wise cast out. It wasn't by chance that the little basket was there in the river of Egypt with the little baby Moses in it when the edict went out by the wicked king that all the children under a certain age should be killed. It wasn't by chance that the mother prepared that basket, that little shelter, and placed the little trusting babe in that basket. And it wasn't by chance that Pharaoh's daughter came down that morning to perform her religious rites and wash in the river Egypt a river Nile in Egypt. It wasn't by chance God prepared. And He prepares men and women today and brings them at such a time in His kingdom that are needed. He's preparing you. And I'm speaking to some young men or some young women today whom God has got the hand upon preparing you. Not by any chance. Are you listening to this broadcast? And God is beseeching you to be reconciled to Him through Christ Jesus. And I say to you, as God prepared that place, the sanctuary for Jonah in ages past, He has prepared a place for us in Christ Jesus. And I love to read of another prepared place. I often turn to it. It's a familiar passage of Scripture, 14th of John. He says, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions or dwelling place. 
And he says, I've gone to prepare a place for you. And I love to think of it. And this old world is certainly not my home. Just Paul and I are pilgrims and strangers here. We have a happy Christian home. But oh, how I do long sometimes to be at the home that's prepared for those that love Him. And I say to you outside of Christ today, without hope, without God and without Christ, if you reject and die in your sins, you cannot go where Jesus is, but you will go to the lake of fire prepared for the devil and his angels. God forbid. May you come today by faith sweetly kneel at the foot of the cross and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Save me for Christ's sake. For God has prepared through Christ a place of reconciliation, a place of refuge, a place of eternal fellowship. Let's bow in prayer. No one stirring, please. salvation, safety, and security. Will you come? God bless you. As you make the decision, write us. We'll be glad to help you if we possibly can. Continue in prayer. This is Charles E. Fuller bidding you goodbye and God's richest blessing upon you. Jesus, Jesus.